Hey guys, this is Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle senior political writer, inviting you to listen to my podcast. It's called It's All Political. And we've got some great guests there. We've got some longtime political veterans like Senator Dianne Feinstein to entertainers like Chelsea Handler who are just you know getting into politics. And sometimes people even rap on the show. Sometimes Feinstein even raps on the show. Well, maybe that's not true, but you should check it out anyways. Because no matter where you find your podcasts, it's all political. Welcome to SF City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here today with Jason Elliott, who just left his position as the mayor's chief of staff to join Gavin Newsom's campaign for governor. He opens up about the night his friend Mayor Ed Lee died, the ensuing tumultuous time at City Hall, and the one thing in city government that's totally broken. Thank you for being here today. It's good to see you. Thank you for coming to visit me, Heather. So tell me what you would say is your proudest achievement at City Hall and the one thing you wish you had accomplished but weren't able to. Good question. Uh, my proudest accomplishment at City Hall is managing to convince my wife, Nicole, who is also a city employee, to stay with me despite <laughs> all of my personality foibles and quirks. Uh, my proudest professional accomplishment in City Hall uh, I'd say is uh, probably helping Mayor Lee uh, set up the Department of Homelessness and pioneer the Navigation Center uh, mm -hmm. model for the new kind of homeless shelter that we have in San Francisco. A lot of people uh, worked on both of those things. Uh, certainly not an accomplishment that any one person uh, does by him or herself, but uh, Mayor Lee gave us an opportunity to um, work on those, both creating the department uh, and, and setting up navigation centers uh, and trying to change the status quo on homelessness in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that you were able to do that or are you still frustrated when you go out on the streets and see the conditions? Uh, I think the answer to both of those questions is yes. Mm -hmm. I think we were able to accomplish uh, making some significant difference in San Francisco uh, on the condition on the streets. Um, but there's certainly more to be done. I live in the city. Uh, I travel around the city. I dine in the city. I work in the city. So I see the same things uh, that San Franciscans see. I walk through the Tenderloin and Soma all the time, as does Mayor Breed. Um, so we see what you see. Uh, and there's always more to do. And there's more to do around behavioral health, really complicated behavioral health challenges around opioid addiction, meth. Uh, certainly a lot to do around addiction. But I do think that what Mayor Lee accomplished in his term made a difference. The same way that Mayor Newsom, when he was mayor, uh, came into office and had a plan to end chronic homelessness and instituted Care Not Cash, things got better under Mayor Newsom, but homelessness still persisted. Uh, with Ed Lee creating the department, building hundreds, not thousands of units of supportive housing, doing navigation centers made a difference, a positive difference. Did it solve the problem? I'm certainly not. I can't possibly, mm -hmm. with what we see on the streets, say that we've solved homelessness. Uh, but every little bit helps, and, and I think that we would be in uh, a worse place now if it weren't for the efforts of Mayor Newsom and Mayor Lee and now Mayor Breed. Mm -hmm. um, you came to City Hall close to 10 years ago as an advisor to Mayor Gavin Newsom after working on his gubernatorial campaign that was not successful, and now you're leaving City Hall to work on Gavin Newsom's gubernatorial campaign that will almost certainly be successful. One would hope. <laughs> Have things come full circle for you, and what exactly um, 
makes you want to do, try this again with him. Sure. Life is funny that way, right? Where uh, you don't expect uh, you don't expect to end up where you were eight or ten years ago. But in this case, I'm really happy about it. and I am really excited about it uh, because I believe in what Mayor Newsom, what Lieutenant Governor Newsom is talking about for improving affordability and building millions of new units of housing uh, and uh, trying to show the country the way on health care. But I, I think the reason that I'm not unqualified in my happiness is because I had really expected to finish the term with Mayor Lee here. Right. And, uh, you know, no chief of staff ever expects to be the person who has to rush to the hospital in the middle of the night. And no chief of staff ever wants to be the person that has to call the president of the Board of Supervisors mm -hmm. and the city attorney um, to inform them of what's happened. So, you know, there's a, certainly a level of grief and of sadness uh, and remorse there too, but um, I, that, I am excited for what comes next. Yeah. Um, even, with, even with that experience uh, behind us now, um, and, you know, I, I think I, I wanna, don't want to make this seem like it's a tragedy for me. It's a tragedy for the Lee family. Well, for the city, but for the Lee family. And, you know, although it feels like maybe a million billion years ago in political time, uh, you know, Anita lost her husband not eight, nine months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and same for Tanya and Brianna and mm -hmm. their father. So I think it's important that the city keep the Lee family in their thoughts because um, we lost a leader, a friend, a mentor, a boss, and a mayor, uh, and they lost a family member. So right. I think it's important that uh, as the city moves forward, um, we also keep the Lee family in our thoughts. What was your relationship like with Ed Lee? Oh, God, you know, he was in his quieter moments here in the office, um, a sweet guy who cared about our families and wanted to know what we did on vacation and how we were feeling. Uh, wanted to uh, hear about our professional goals, uh, and he had the sense of humor, which I think, uh, in death, the city came to understand, mm -hmm. came to know a lot better. A lot of people told stories about his sense of humor <laughs> yeah. at his memorial. That was how he was back behind those doors. The jokes, oh God, the Were jokes. Were you cringing when you The only this? he found funny, but then he had this laugh he would do, and then we would laugh at his laugh, and I think he thought we were laughing with his joke, but we weren't, because the jokes just weren't funny. No. But, he, but you know what? He was a sweet guy, and I think what made him such a special mayor and what made him a unique boss is he came from our side of the table, and what I mean by that is he was a bureaucrat mm -hmm. for decades before he became an elected official. Uh, and so I think he had a unique appreciation for what's possible in this bureaucracy, both in both ways. And what I mean by that is he never asked us for things that were completely unreasonable or undoable because mm -hmm. he was city administrator. He kind of had a sense. But on the other hand, uh, he knew when we weren't pushing hard enough. He mm -hmm. knew what was possible. So I think that's a, that's a unique trait for an elected official at that level of executive power, having actually come up through the bureaucracy, uh, his career through Human Rights Commission and as purchaser and city administrator and so forth. He was special in that way. Do you think it's true what some people say that the job killed him, that he was just working so hard and just had so much weight on his shoulders from running the city? Yeah, I don't really want to answer that mm -hmm. question, to be honest with you. I, he put his heart and soul into being mayor. He loved this city and the stories that his daughters told publicly, but also that we've heard privately about how in, on the weekend, even when he was fancy pants city administrator, he would load up his car with um, 
you know, graffiti cleaning supplies and go out and actually improve the city in a way that was never measured and never covered by the Chronicle. You know, that to me indicates how seriously he took his commitment to public service. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the inspiration that he gave to the staff was show up and do the work and work hard. And it doesn't matter if people are saying thank you. And it doesn't matter if you're getting your picture over there, or your Twitter up. It, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you're doing the work. Mm -hmm. and so, you know, it's, it's, I don't, it's hard for me to even think about that question that you ask or talk about that question you ask. Um, but um, I just know that his commitment was unwavering to the best interest of yeah. the city. And what was your last interaction with him? We had a busy day uh, the day he died, actually. Um, I had had breakfast with him that morning down at Sam's Diner, just over there on Market Street, uh, and we had a full day of meetings. What with, did he order? One of his trademarks? He had, panca he had pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> he had pancakes that morning. And I got a veggie omelet, and he made fun of me for my veggie omelet. Um, and then we had a full day of meetings uh, here in City Hall. We were, one was about uh, street cleanliness. Uh, one was about an a interesting development project that he wanted to learn more about. Um, we had a full day of meetings, and then I went to the Warriors game that night. Uh, they were playing here uh, in, in Oakland, and uh, he and I were texting all night long because he was at home watching the game, and my favorite player was Omri Caspi because, you know, I have Israeli roots, I'm a, I'm a Jew, and so he, and Omri started that night, of all things, and so the mayor and I were texting all throughout the game, and I still have those text messages. I've saved those. That's nice. Yeah. And so how did you first learn that he was in the hospital? Can you kind of walk me through that night? Sure. It's a little bit difficult for me still, but I, I was on my way back from the Warriors game. I was in my car, uh, and I got a call from the sergeant that uh, is in charge of the security detail, and I've known this um, sergeant for many years, going back to the uh, Newsom administration, and I could hear it in his voice. Mm -hmm. He told me that Mayor Lee was in an ambulance on his way to the hospital, so I made a... U the sergeant had been at Safeway with him? Um, I don't actually know, oh. uh, but he had found out, um, and so I booked it down to the hospital, and I was one of the first non-first responders that was there at the hospital, and the next few hours were really, really difficult. Yeah. Um, and as word started to get out and I reached out to a, a number of people that I felt like needed to be there including our communications director Deirdre Hussey and um, Steve Kava, my predecessor, my mentor um, and a very close personal friend of Ed Lee's and a few other people um, started to gather at the hospital pr to prepare for what we hoped wouldn't happen um, and you know unfortunately despite really heroic efforts by the nurses and the doctors and the EMTs at SF General, um, they did everything they mm -hmm. could and more, uh, you know, uh, life has its way. Yeah. And then we had to, I think one of the hardest parts was we had to give ourselves space to grieve, both that night at the hospital and the days and weeks that came, um, but we also had to immediately transition power uh, and do so in a way that kept the city running and ensured continuity um, but also gave appropriate space for the staff and the department heads to absorb the gravity of what had just happened and mm -hmm. to make sure that we were able to process our emotions in a way that was healthy uh, and um, supportive of each other. So it was, it was a really difficult night and then day, day after, week after, months after. Um, I think there's still a lot of uh, unresolved stuff that some of us have to <laughs> deal yeah, with I'm maybe sure. later, the therapist full employment act or something. <laughs> 
Um, and then, of course, you had a succession of bosses, London Breed, and then Mark Farrell, and then London Breed again. What was that like? It was seems like a very tumultuous six months at City Hall. It was a tumultuous six months at City Hall, uh, and what I hope is the case, and you can ask our colleagues and department heads, is that that tumult stopped at the doors of Room 200. You know, certainly what was happening at the Board of Supervisors and the votes to change mayors and the mayoral campaign that was occurring, tumultuous, no doubt about it. Drama, no doubt about it. But our exhortation to the staff was focus on the work. Let the drama stop at the doors of Room 200, Room 200, the mayor's office. So when you come in these doors of Room 200 and you're here to work, work for the city. Don't work for the politicians. Don't work on the drama. Don't get to the extent you can. Don't get engaged. Focus on the continuity of city government and focus on the work. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not to say that it was drama-free back here. It certainly wasn't, and it wasn't emotion-free back here. But I think that um, the staff did a tremendous job, and they deserve a lot of praise uh, for staying away from some of the politics and really focusing on delivering city service, moving the city forward, fighting the Trump agenda, uh, and really uh, keeping San Francisco going through, mm -hmm. those, through those tough times. If you could give one piece of advice to incoming Chief of Staff Sean Ellsburn, what yeah. would it be? I can't possibly give any advice to Sean Ellsburn because he, <laughs> I don't know that he would listen to me in the first place, uh, but more to the point, you know, he's got so much experience uh, here in City Hall between his eight years on the board and um, how he served Senator Feinstein. Um, you know, I think I, the advice I would give him without being presumptuous is to make sure that he really listens to the staff and to the department heads that are here in the city uh, because while Sean is so experienced in city government, um, the people who are at the departments and here on staff uh, do have a lot to share in terms of ideas for policy, how to move the city forward. Um, and I, having worked shoulder to shoulder with all of these um, great public servants over the last decade, I know how seriously they take their job. And I know how seriously uh, they have that obligation to the public service. So my advice to Sean would be, get as much as you can uh, out of the people mm -hmm. uh, around you in terms of their ideas and their creativity. And you probably have a better understanding now of how city government works than anybody. Um. Well, that's what I want people to think. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I'm still just as perplexed now as I was when I came in 10 years ago, but yeah. uh, maybe I'm just better at hiding it now. Well, I'm very perplexed still by a lot of it, and <laughs> I've been covering it for a long time. If you could fix one thing in city government that just drives you crazy that you think it shouldn't be like this, what would it be? It takes us too long to approve housing yeah. in the city. It takes us too long to approve housing. Uh, there are too many opportunities to stop a good project. I mean little projects. I mean accessory dwelling units. I mean... 500 unit mega developments, uh, it takes us too long to approve housing in this city. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that is the fault of city government and city bureaucracy and process. Some of it is uh, simply that the, the city does not accept growth and density in the way that I think it should. Um, we are the center of this economic region. We are um, the, the uh, job driver of the Bay Area, and I think we need to better balance housing here in San Francisco so that the more we produce, the more affordable all housing becomes. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, and I know Mayor Breed is committed to this as well. As a matter of fact, we had a big meeting about it yesterday with a lot of uh, key department heads. We need to do a better job of producing more housing and doing so faster. One of Mayor Lee's last big policy initiatives that he undertook before he passed away was issuing an executive directive that tried to set a new normal in the city of 
producing 5,000 new units of housing every year, not just for six years, but forever, creating a new status quo. Um, and I think that uh, I'm really encouraged that Mayor Farrell and now Mayor Breed have both picked up on that mm -hmm. agenda and are moving it forward. Uh, but it takes everybody coming together from the labor unions to community leaders to city government to builders and developers and financiers of housing. Everybody has to work together if we're going to achieve that goal. You ask that question, I give that answer. It, we need to build more housing mm -hmm. and we need to build it faster. Relatedly, why does it cost $750,000 to build one unit of affordable housing? Land is very expensive in San Francisco. Um, that's part of it, but that's not the whole story. Um, process uncertainty drives a lot of that cost as well. And you have to talk to somebody who's more of an expert to really understand this in greater granular detail. But um, between the fact that it takes several years to build uh, a unit of housing, and we're seeing this with the famed laundromat in the mission right now, yeah. uh, that process uncertainty actually has a carrying cost for mm -hmm. housing builders. Um, materials are expensive, labor is expensive, complying with our various requirements on solar roofs and water is expensive. And the question is, uh, what should give? And I think that's not a pointing fingers exercise. I think that's an everybody has to come together mm -hmm. uh, and be reflective about how expensive it is to build housing and the impact that that has on low-income communities and displacement. Um, I think everybody needs to work together to get better on that. Yeah. Okay, you survived the tough questions. Oh, good. <laughs> now it's time for the lightning round. Okay. What is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Uh, Farolito in the Mission uh, is my favorite place to get a burrito, and I go carne asada with guac and no sour cream. Okay. And what is your favorite place to get a stiff drink? Because I'm sure you can use one. On Blackthorn on Irving. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're friendly there uh, at Blackthorn without, um, they're actually not that friendly, um, but that's precisely why I love Blackthorn. <laughs> What's your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? It's a good question. Um, well, Mrs. Doubtfire, I think, and I was just watching the Robin Williams documentary uh, the other day, and he was such a compelling San Francisco, unique Bay Area San Francisco guy. So I'd have to say Mrs. Doubtfire. Cool. You're quick on these answers. Well, yeah, as I, as I said, I'm not a politician, so I, can, I don't have to think through it too much. They I can think just tell and you think what, and think. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm sure your schedule can get really hectic. Is mm -hmm. there one thing you make sure to always squeeze into your day? Yes. Uh, my wife, Nicole, who I think you know, yes. uh, she's the director of the Office of Cannabis here in San Francisco. So it's cannabis? It's, can it's cannabis. <laughs> not, not quite. Um, she and I uh, make a point of having lunch together every oh, single that's day. that's nice. And, you know, I, I think we're successful in that probably four days a week, even uh -huh. if it's just grabbing a salad from downstairs and eating at the desk. Um, just having that time uh, for her and me alone is what keeps me sane. Oh, that's a good one. And if you had an entire day free, how would you spend it? I would go to Ocean Beach with my dog. Um, if it was a typical sunset uh, day, it'd be cold, so I'd probably just walk around and go get a, a drink in the outer sunset and maybe uh, stop by Celia's at the beach and have some dinner. If it was a warm day, I'd probably want to get the volleyball net set up and uh, run around with friends and, uh, and spend the day out at Ocean Beach. Nice. Last question. Mm -hmm. Will you be able to get Gavin Newsom to stop using the word audacious in every sentence? Uh, I'm sorry, I won't be able to. I, he literally uses it in every sentence. Great. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Heather. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. The show is produced by Dominic Fracasa and Fernando Diaz. For more City Hall coverage, you can follow Dominic on Twitter at Dominic Fracasa and me 
at hnightsf. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com.